This morning, I want to talk from Ephesians chapter 2. And I want to specifically look at the reasons in Jesus that we have reason to be thankful, to praise God, and to be grateful for our unity, for our equality, and for the opportunity we have in Christ Jesus. And I think this is an important message because right now in our country, there's a lot of unrest. There's people have been treated poorly, and that's causing problems for a lot of people. It's causing a lot of, of anger and frustration. And I think these words in Ephesians chapter 2 have a message for us that we need during this time, and we need to keep uh, growing in as we develop as a body, that we are aware of what Jesus has said about us and our unity and our equality. And I want to read from Ephesians chapter 2. We're going to focus on the second half of the chapter, but before we get into the second half, I just want to give a, pre, a brief recap of the first half of the chapter. In Ephesians chapter 2, Paul has started out by telling the Ephesians about being brought from death to life. And he's told them that they were once dead in their sins. He's told them that they were once lost and hopeless. And he says in verse 4, But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when, we, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you've been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. He's giving us this picture of how we were so low down and far from God that he says it, it was death. And I don't know if we can quite fully understand the spiritual implications on an eternal level because we just haven't seen it yet. You know, we can see that the implications of mistakes we make on a temporal level, for example, if you get caught drunk driving, you see that person on the curb, their, their head in their hands because they know that now they are going to face thousands of dollars in fines. They're going to maybe face jail time and not to mention any of the, the consequences that might have come from maybe an accident. Those people are going to have higher interest. Their, uh, their uh, insurance premiums are going to go up. There's a lot of consequences that come from sins that we can see on a temporal level. But we've never really seen the eternal consequences that come from sin. And that's what he's trying to give us the gravity of. It's death. And he said that you are walking. In, he said in which you walked according to the course of this world. You are walking dead. People today call the walking dead zombies. He says, you're like walking around zombies. You are dead in your trespasses. As we get into the second half of the chapter, Paul is trying to bring home this point by talking about it through the lens of the Old Testament. And he gets into this talking about the Gentiles and things. We're going to read a couple verses real quick to give kind of a picture of what he's going to be talking about. Ephesians chapter 2, beginning in verse 11, says, Therefore, remember that you... Once Gentiles in the flesh, who were called uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, made in the flesh by hands, that at the time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. He is starting out by now looking at this idea of spiritual death through the lens of the Old Testament. And I think it's important to understand in the Old Testament a few things about these Gentiles. What are the Gentiles? Gentiles are one of two classifications God set up 
during the Old Testament times. You were either a Jew, which means you were in God's people, or you were a Gentile. There's only two groups. God didn't separate people into races and to skin color and all these different things. God and the Old Testament has only ever made two groups of people. His people, the Jews, and the people who were not his people, the Gentiles. And that's important because of what we're going to read in a little bit. But within those Jews and Gentiles, there's some specific things that would happen that make this whole concept really come out. And that's in the area we'll, we'll illustrate in the area of the temple and the temple courts. Chris, I think, did a lesson not too long ago on the, the temple and the, the meaning there. So I think you all might know more about this maybe than me. But the temple is lined out like this. You had first, uh, we'll say here is the most holy place. You had the most holy place where only the, pre, the high priest was allowed to go. The most holy places where the presence of God would dwell among the people in the camp of Israel. And by the way, the only way to become an Israelite, to become a Jew, a true Jew, is to be born into the family. So if you weren't, too bad. This, that makes this even more important. But God dwelt in the pe- among the people in the most holy place, and only once a year could the high priest go up and be in the presence of God. Okay? Let's take a step back from there. Then you have the holy place. There was the room that was the most holy, now we have the holy. And in the holy place, only the priests, only the Levites were allowed to go in there. Once again, a specific line of people. If you're in a family, in a tribe, you could go in this place. And there the priests would go. Let's remember the priests. Don't forget them. Then a step back from there, you had the court of men or the court of Israel, which is where the Jewish men only could go. Then a step back from there, you have the court of women, which is where only the Jewish women could go. And then a step back from there, you have the court of Gentiles. And the court of Gentiles is where the Gentiles couldn't go any further. If you were a woman or a man in in Judaism, you could come back here. But only the Gentiles could not go any further than this place, far from the most holy place where God dwelt. That's why this gravity of what he says, let's go and read it now. And verse 11 is so important. Therefore, remember that you, once Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by what is called circumcision, made in the flesh by hands, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, Israel, the saved people, God's people, and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope. The person who is, who is a Gentile, they could convert to Judaism. But they were still considered a Gentile. And so, yes, they could want to be among God's people, but they they could only get this close. They couldn't get any closer by trying harder, by becoming a better person, by following the law more perfectly. They were stuck in the outer area. He says, you were that way. You were strangers. Can any of you in here prove your Jewish descent? He says, you are all Gentiles and without God in the world, without hope. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Jesus Christ broke all that up. And that's what this lesson is really all about. It's about Jesus and many of his roles. I want to focus on this morning, the fact that Jesus is the barrier breaker for us. He died for our sins. He is the, the one who, who saved us from our sins. He is our mediator. He's a lot of things, but he's also 
and a very important role he has is a barrier breaker. In the Old Testament, there were barriers for you and me. Don't forget that the, that the high priest could, go in the, could only go in there once. Then the priest could come that much closer. But if you were born into any other tribe other than the Levites, you were stuck in the court of men or even a step back in the court of women. That's kind of rough, right? You're stuck there. But what we're told in Galatians 3 verse 27, For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. The beauty of what Jesus did is he tore down those barriers. He tore down that separation for you and me. That Even if you were a Jew. What if you weren't born into the, to one of those tribes that could go close to God? You were stuck in these places distant from God. So if you're a woman, you, you can only go into the court of women. But now, because of Jesus, regardless of, in this, in this scripture in, in Galatians, he says, Jew or Greek, regardless of your nationality, your ethnicity, your skin color, or anything, you can all come to the presence of God. And we learn later, we'll get into those verses in a second, that we're, we are all priests. So the priests could come into the holy place, could come close to God's presence. And now we all as Christians are in that category. Whether you're a woman, whether you are, are any, you name any nationality, you can come to God. And here he listed several things. It doesn't matter how people classify you, slave or free. It doesn't matter. It doesn't mean it matter your status, your place in society. And Jesus, that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're male or female. You are all one in Christ Jesus. We have different roles, yes, but we are all one. We are all equal. Here we all are together, worshiping God in God's presence. What a beautiful thing. What does it mean to be brought near? Sorry, I lost my place. In Acts 10, verse 28, uh, Peter has gone to the house of Cornelius under, under the direction of God. And it says here, Then he said to them, You know how unlawful it is for a Jewish man to keep company with or to go to one of another nation. So there were barriers that they had under Jewish law. But after Jesus, this happened. But God has shown me that I should not call any man common or unclean. Going on verse 34, Then Peter opened his eyes and opened his mouth and said, In truth I perceive that God shows no partiality. But in every nation, whoever fears him and works righteousness is acceptable to him. Isn't that a beautiful thing? That you are no longer subject to any kind of classification based on how you're born or where you were set up. Now God says there's no partiality. If you serve him and fear him and are willing to follow God, that's what matters. And, and, Paul said, and Peter said, who am I to call anyone unclean? God has shown me no man is unclean. That's why we are all here together today. Praise God for that. Revelation 5, verse 9 and 10 says, And they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation, and have made us kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign on the earth. We're kings and priests. That's why in Acts chapter 8, when Simon the sorcerer had done wrong, he was told, Peter told him, Pray to God. Have your sins forgiven you? That's a monumental statement, he said. You can pray to God to have your sins forgiven you. 
I was reading a, a statement from the Pope recently. And the Pope said, well, typically, you're not a, you, you have to have, go to a priest to, to confess your sins. But he says, but if no priest is available to you during this pandemic, during these times, you can pray to God yourself. Really? Because I read the New Testament saying that we are now priests and we can talk to God. That Jesus is our mediator and we can come to his place, his holy place, and speak our concerns to him ourselves. What a beautiful thing. We don't have to worry if during a pandemic we can't get to a certain person to talk to God for us. The one person we need access to died for us on a cross. And he's sitting at the right hand of God and can mediate for us there. Praise God for that. You don't have to worry about where you were born into. Now we all have access to God. 1 Peter 2, verse 9 and 10. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people. Do you have anything special to you? I've got a special baseball glove. And for most people, it probably doesn't look like anything to them. But that glove is special to me. I had it all four years of high school. That leather is nice and is broken into my hand just right. Do you have anything special to you? God says you are his special people. That carries with it a, a tone of, of care and having something invested in you. Having importance resting with you, his child. He says you're his own special people. For what? That you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Who were once not a people, but are now the people of God. Who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Our God is awesome. And so today, I want to continue on verse 14. Let's read verse 14. For he himself is our peace. This is Ephesians chapter 2 verse 14. Who has made both one. Who is those both? Speaking of the Jew and the Gentiles. He's made them both one. And has broken down the middle wall of separation. Having abolished in his flesh the enmity. That is the law of commandments contained in ordinances. The old law, so as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace, and that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, thereby putting to death the enmity. And he came and preached peace to you who were afar off, the Gentile, maybe if you're a woman, whatever your state was, and to those who were near. Even if you were a Jew, even if you were a priest, you needed Jesus. For through him we both have access by one spirit to the Father. Now therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. I mean, it's one thing to be kind of in the same community as important people, but he says you're in the same household. Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets... Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole building, being fitted together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. We are now God's temple. From wherever we've came from, from whatever our background was, whatever our family was, we are now God's temple. Praise God for that. And in light of our social climate, we need that message. We need to know this and have this in our hearts because it's not just any specific uh, ethnicity, they can be grateful for this. We all would have been distant from God. We thank you for listening to our podcast put on by the Church of Christ 
at 2215 Plans Road in Bakersfield. If you would like any additional information or you would like to receive a free Bible correspondence course by mail, please email us at info at churchofchristbakersfield.com. Our service times are Sundays at 10.30 a.m. and 5 p.m. and Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. Please make plans to join us. We would love for you to be our honored guest.